Welcome to the Wealth Academy podcast. Wealth is more than just money, where you will hear leading professionals share expert advice on how to become financially free, generate wealth, and legacy wealth. If you want to discover how to enhance your money mindset through strategies, tools, and techniques, then this is the podcast for you. Your host, Paul Lawrence Van, is a financial coach, two-time number one international best-selling author, course creator, and he has been assisting clients to enhance their understanding of money management to become debt-free, discover ways to build wealth, and to generate legacy wealth for over 18 years. Will you be next? Here is your host, Paul Lawrence Van. Great day, great day, everyone. I'm your host, Paul Lawrence Van, and happy Veterans Day to one and all. And of course, Veterans Day is really about the people who have served, all people who have served, those that have gone to the heavenly realm and also those who are alive. And based on the latest report, there are 19 million U.S. veterans worldwide. So we have a lot of company. And today I'm bringing on the individual by the name of Celeste Dunstan Powell. And she's a U.S. Army veteran, and she's also, of course, now a U.S. veteran, and she's going to share her story. I want to welcome her first, and then we'll get started. Celeste, how are you doing this evening, my friend? I'm doing great, Paul. Thank you for uh, inviting me to speak uh, on your show. Okay, honored to have you. And again, thank you for your service. And of course, when we serve, our families also serve. So we want to give credit where credit is due with our family. They're worrying about us. We're gone and, and, and we're taking on this new journey. So let's get started, Celeste. And again, thank you so much. Now, uh, when it came to that point or period in your life where you made this decision to join the Army, what was that experience like? Please talk about what, what that was like for you. Yeah, well, I was 19 years old. Okay. And I went to junior uh, community college for one year. Uh-huh. And I just felt like, you know, it was uh, something more outside of Henderson, North Carolina, where I grew up. Uh-huh. And so, um, to be honest, I joined to broaden my horizons. And I was walking downtown Henderson, North Carolina, you know, where the old recruiting station oh, used yeah. to be. I remember. And it, <laughs> and it was a sign swinging out there saying, Uncle Sam wants you. Yeah. And so I walked up into the recruiting command and uh, all the recruiters, they all, it's like they heard the footsteps. They, they all came out and greeted me. And, uh-huh. and so I spoke with the, uh, the army recruiter and uh, because he looked like me uh-huh. and uh, we, and we talked and he talked about um, the benefits of joining the military. You know, you get out to travel to see the world. Um, they were offering the GI bill then and the uh, GI home loan, which was very attractive to me. And so, you know, I bought into that. Uh-huh. <laughs> and yeah. I'm taking advantage of both those benefits. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I want everyone to know who's, who is viewing right now, listen later on the archive that Celeste and I attended the same high school. Yes, Vance we did. High, and even though today the, the name has changed, it's still Vance Senior High. <laughs> yes, it has. Yes, yes. And, and so, uh, you know, it's great to uh, talk to classmate uh, and alumni of our high school. Now, I know when it comes to making that important decision, which you made at the age of 19, what was it like when you talked to your mom about it, your family about the fact that you were going to join the army? What was that experience like? 
Okay, that's kind of funny. But, uh, <laughs> because, you know, I joined the military to get away from home. Uh-huh. I mean, to be honest, you know. And I didn't tell my mom. Uh, actually, when I told my sister Marilyn, she joined the Marines. I joined uh-huh. the Army. We were actually on the same bus. They dropped me off at Fort Jackson, and she rode mm-hmm. on down a little further and dropped her off at Paris Island. Right. And I didn't tell my mom until the week that I was leaving. Uh-oh. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, she wasn't too happy. She cried and everything. Oh, yeah. And, uh, but we are good. We were good after that, you know. Uh-huh. And um, I joined in November of 1976, and I got to come home for Christmas. Uh-huh. And, you know, during that time, you know, that's when she re- she revealed to me, she said, you know, I wanted to join the military, too. Oh, wow. And she said, but it was not acceptable in the 1950s, and her family was against it. Uh-huh. But thank goodness the times have changed. Yeah. And, and I think that's so interesting because it's something that she had considered. Had she talked to you about that before? Never. Wow. Not until that time. Uh-huh. That's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fantastic. And, I, I, you know, it's that fact that, uh, you know, the mothers, they're losing their babies, right? Yeah. <laughs> Even if and you're the oldest, And I don't think she was ready for me to leave right then, you know, but yeah. I had younger brothers and sisters. I was ready to leave them. Oh, yeah. I understand. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> and, you know, uh, the interesting thing about it, Henderson, if there were more opportunities, the likelihood is a lot of us would not have left. Mm-hmm. And so Absolutely. we were looking for opportunities, you know, for our life, our career, you know, starting out, uh, you know, what, what we want to do, our passion, what we want to do. But uh, the Army and, and the Air Force and other services are a great way to uh, learn different things, meet new people. So now we've transitioned from mom, and she's shared that experience with you. Now, what about your basic training experience? What was that like? Because that's always so unique for everyone. That was, wow, that was an eye-opener, let me tell you. I was not prepared, you know, from the very beginning, you know, you come in, and before you get a name, you get a number. Exactly. I think I was number 49. Uh And uh, the indoctrination is, is that everyone is Mm -hmm. trained to function together. Right. And it's a group dynamic uh, concerning leadership, too. Mm -hmm. And if one person fails short, you all fail short. And so in that, it teaches you to help your fellow soldier or the person you both can succeed. And so uh, we learned a lot about basic combat training, how to handle a weapon, how to shoot it, and the combat maneuvers. And it was during that time that it really, really sank into me the seriousness of the oath that I took. Oh yeah. I went to the recruiting station, you know, you sign your name, take it, hold your hand up. Oh, yeah. And you really don't think about the seriousness of signing to defend the country and our country and the constitution. But it was at that time that I realized that, you know, at a moment's notice, based on orders, that you could go anywhere, you know, that you get orders to and to uh make the sacrifice to uh support your nation. Yeah. And it was, I think I went in at 19 and I think that was an average age for a lot of young people at that time. Cause most of the people I was talking to during that time, they we were all about the same age, 18, uh-huh. 19. And my basic training was in uh, uh, Fort Jackson, Columbia, South Carolina. It's hot down there. 
Yeah, but I went in November, so what okay, it was better. Yeah, much better. And uh, I, my basic training unit was Alpha 185, uh-huh. and we were near Smoke Bomb Hill. Uh-huh. And um, after my duty station, my AIT, which is your training, training. was right. also at Fort Jackson. Oh, okay. And I, so I trained to be you had a longer extension of time past basic training. You remained there for additional training. Yes, I did. Uh-huh. And uh, the training was for an admin specialist. I think back then, you know, I think that a lot of the positions in the 70s when women were coming in were relegated to secretarial type jobs. But I'm so glad that, you know, that is yeah. different for us as women serving now. Absolutely. Uh, that you can do other things other than cook or uh-huh. be a secretary. Exactly. Or work in supply. Uh-huh. So, um my first duty station was Fort McClellan, Fort McClellan Alabama, yeah, uh-huh. and I supported the 9th MP Battalion. Okay. And um, and then after I got out, I served an additional 11 years with the Army National Guard. Okay. Now in Alabama, what was the um, what was the name of that that post? Fort Mc, Fort McClellan, yeah, Alabama. Right. It's now closed. Now it's a wildlife reserve right. now. What, what was it, uh, the major city it was close to? Aniston, Alabama. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah, I know where that's at. Yeah. I think it's the, the movie uh, Aaron Brockovich, I Brockovich. think. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I, I had a lot of my training there at um, Maxwell Air Force Base. Yeah. Right down there in Montgomery. In Montgomery, yes. That was about, uh, about 45 minutes to an hour away, I think. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And so what did you take away from that first uh, duty assignment in regards to um, was it still what you thought it would be Uh, when you initially joined compared to when you're actually on duty? Yeah, well, um, I enjoyed the tour, actually, Um, because it was my first time away from home and I was glad to be away from home and I made friends and everything. Uh-huh. You know, so it was, you know, it was pretty good to me, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually came down, I applied for another school and I actually came down on orders when I was there. Uh-huh. And from there, I went to, I was stationed at uh, Fort McClellan, I mean, uh, Fort Shafter, Hawaii. Right. So that was excellent. I bet it was. <laughs> Can't go wrong with Hawaii. <laughs> Can't go wrong with Hawaii. Oh, yeah. And uh, I really enjoyed, uh, I really enjoyed my military uh, tour. Uh huh. I've been to uh, Shapner before. Yeah. Yeah. I was, it was over nice. There Hickam, yeah. Over there near Hickam Air Force Base. Near Hickam Air Force Base. Yeah, yeah. I've been there a few times. Uh huh. Yeah, that's very nice. Very nice. Well, we transitioned from the active duty, and then I believe you mentioned you went into the Air, the uh, Army Guard for a while. Yeah. Like- Army Guard uh, location. Uh, the National Guard, my first duty station was uh, 752nd Maintenance Battalion out of Butner. Okay, got it. And from there, I went uh, to, uh, I, I joined another unit, and that was the 139th RAOC, and okay. I built at the uh, the National Guard Center in Raleigh. Okay, got mm-hmm. it. Okay, fantastic. Because I'm a, I'm a North Carolina, life member of North Carolina National Guard. Oh, right. I was on active duty because I was Title 10 through the Charlotte 145th unit at the airport there. Yeah. And so I'm a member of the North Carolina National Guard uh, life members as well. Yeah. Yeah. 
So in, in both of those, I mean, I, again, I say, you know, yeah, you train and you have to go out and do annual training in the woods sometimes. And, uh-huh. and actually the second unit was like a rear battle, uh, a real bad, a rear battle battalion. And right. so they had all different fields that worked in the rear battle. And we, sure. and now that was interesting, you know, because mm-hmm. you know, we would go and for have annual trainings. And one of the things I did was I plotted the maps when they had different uh, exactly. attacks or incidents. And I would like the military van or white, you exactly. know, you, you plot the map and then you write, you know, put the incident down. And, and, and while the person is giving the briefing, you know, you're pointing to the different locations and stuff like exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah, they need that information. Yeah, absolutely. You know, they want to build history and, and, you know, to when the next event comes up, they kind of know what to look for and what not to look for. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's wonderful. Wonderful. So let's talk now about being a U.S. veteran. What is that like for you today? Uh, being a veteran now after getting off of active duty and uh-huh. I, I, I obtained a skill set. Uh that I was able to go out into the working world to use. Uh And believe it or not, a lot of employers, even no matter what field that you go in, they look at a veteran and saying, you had the discipline, you know, to uh, do a tour or several tours in the military. You know, you'd be somewhere on time, get somewhere on time, got to work, complete tasks. Uh And, you know, they look at that as a plus, in, in 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 hiring you exactly and yeah. um, they know that you'll follow your rules driven and you'll follow rules i mean mm-hmm. that's the that's the core of uh yeah of the military core core of uh-huh. so um i was able to parlay my skills um going out into the uh work world um as an administrative person so mm-hmm. I started doing work in administration in various uh, capacities with different companies. Uh And then uh, my end uh, job was going to work in the federal government. Okay. And so I started out supporting veterans with the Uh Veterans Administration. Uh And I worked, uh, well, I started out at the VA hospital and I worked as as a timekeeper for the nurses. Okay. And then I went over to the veterans uh, regional office and I worked as a claim assistant uh, handling veterans claims. That's a lot of work right there. A lot of work. Yeah, a lot, yeah, of, a lot work. of detail. detail. But it's rewarding work because you know Absolutely. that you're helping uh, the veterans. Exactly. And abilities, uh, et cetera. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I went back uh, to school during that time also. And once I graduated from school, I applied within government for a business management training program, which I got with with the U.S. Department of Agriculture. And I went to work for them at that point as a HR specialist, administrative specialist. And from there, I got training on on the finance side, acquisition side, just at the whole realm. So and and, uh, got a little bit of training on contracting and with Mm -hmm. HR. And so, and and I did that till I retired Uh and I really did enjoy that because every day was something new. One thing about it, it constantly changes. Definitely. Uh, It's changes imminent. Uh Yeah, that's that's (laughs) what I did. I did a lot of the acquisition 
contracting. I did financial management, uh, cost analysis, all of that. Yeah. That's a great field too. Yeah, it is a great field. And if, mm -hmm. if anyone is like interested in, uh, and just from my HR background, if you go on USA jobs, you will look uh -huh. this, there's jobs and acquisitions, there's jobs mm -hmm. in contracting, there's HR jobs, there's financial jobs. Oh, yeah. So those are the areas if you're thinking about going to work in the government sector, that those would be the areas that you should be looking at, you know, because there are plenty of jobs across the different uh, agencies for those positions. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what would you say, let's say to a high school senior now that's contemplating going into the military, what would you recommend to, to them in regards to consideration for it? I would say consider what you want to do before mm -hmm. you think about enlisting. Mm -hmm. about what your how, where your future career is going to be at. Do your homework, uh -huh. um, look at your interests to uh -huh. see if you can match up what you would like to do for the skills that you can take into the private sector or into the federal government. And prepare your questions for the recruiter and don't give in so easily to their <laughs> suggestions. And I say that because they have a, a recruiting quota and sometimes they may be a little persuasive in wanting you to take one of the fields that they're trying to fill, but that may not be what you want. And exactly. you, know, you should always advocate for what you want so that you know that you you like what you're doing, you'll be more successful. That's very true. And so, but once you sign up now, you can't, can't just get out like <laughs> that. My mind. <laughs> I think that's all right. It's, it's, I'll share a story with you that I had experience and I had received my first initial orders. They were going to send me to Los Angeles Air Force Station. I figured I go to LA, I get into acting, la da 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 da, right? A month later, I'm waking up, the phone is ringing, and they're calling me. And they're saying, hey, uh, we changed your orders. You're now going to Dayton, Ohio. And I said, well, I'm not going to Dayton, Ohio. I'm going to Los Angeles. And they're like, no, you're going to Ohio. And they said, if you don't go to Ohio, you're going to jail. <laughs> so I said, you know what? I'm really going to enjoy Ohio. <laughs> you know, I was stationed, I went to coastal school at Fort Ben Harrison, Indiana, which is yeah, close yeah. to Dayton, Ohio, because exactly. my uh, friends, that I was stationed with at Fort McClellan. She was from Dayton. And so I got to go home with her for the right. holidays when I was training, when I went there for training one uh -huh. year. Yeah. Yeah. I had family in, in Indianapolis. Yeah. A lot of snow. Yeah, a lot of snow. Gets really cold. Very cold. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's awesome. And uh, so... What else would you like to share at this time, Celeste? That you I also to want to share for the young people yeah. who think about going in is to take the practice ASVAB. Yes. And the ASVAB is the Armed Services Vocational Aptitude Battery. Yes. So, you know, you can take that practice test and see where your interests lie. And again, I will say, you know, be persistent about what you want to do. Let them you know. Because it's a volunteer army now. So. Yeah. So, you know, you can advocate negotiate for what you want. Yeah, negotiate. Negotiate, absolutely. Uh -huh. absolutely. And joining the military is a life-defining decision. So make sure it's your decision and not someone else's decision. Exactly, exactly. And also what, what I, I've talked to some of the other veterans about earlier is that oftentimes when people see a movie, and they assume that that's what the military is like, but the military is not like a movie at all. 
No, it's not. We know everything. That's not real Hollywood anyway. Exactly. <laughs> but some people think it is. They say, I saw this movie, so this is what they do. I said, no, that's not what we do. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that works out great. But what I want to say to you, Celeste Dustin Powell, is to thank you, first of all, for your service. Thank you for availing yourself today to share with the viewers and the listeners about what it's like to be in the military, what it's like to have served in the army and to be a veteran today. Uh, what you provided today is really priceless. It's really uh, so valuable that it can help someone else's life. So I want to thank you for that on behalf of all the people who are listening and those who are viewing at this time. So thank you very much for your time. Thank you so much. Thank you and um, happy uh, Veterans Day to you. And, and today is a day that we honor all veterans and those who are currently serving on active duty. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And uh, I look forward to hearing even more about you uh, in the future because I know you have some really great stories about what happened when you were on duty. Oh, yeah, I've got plenty of stories. <laughs> All right. Well, everyone, have a great time. And our honored guest again is a U.S. veteran, Celeste Dunstan Powell. We want to thank her for her service and for making a difference. And when she served, she served previously, you know, in the military, also in the Guard. And uh, all of her service at that time still counts to this day, making a difference. And, and that's part of what this is all about today for this special Veterans Day uh, broadcast. So thank you very much, Celeste, and thank everyone for listening. And on our next session, our interview, we're going to have Eldana uh, Lewis Fernandez, and then she's going to be talking about her experience in the uh, U.S. Air Force. So Celeste, thank you so much, my friend, and everyone, I'll see you on the very next episode. Thanks for listening thank to so Wealth Academy Podcast. Uh, okay, Please subscribe you. and rate this episode on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. To get you or someone you know assessed for Paul's online financial freedom courses or money coaching, in addition to resources associated with this podcast, email paul at info at paulvanspeaks.com.